0: Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. We just really hope that those who are visiting with us today, just you're just having a great time. It's just our heart that you're just really feel at home, and just so uh, blessed being in the service with us this morning. And um, just before I get going with my word, I just want to really, just as the current, or as as the senior ministers at the moment, uh, just to really honor you, Trevor, uh, just as the founding uh, father and leader of this uh, awesome church family. And I just thought it was, as I, before you um, blessed Liberty this morning, I was just thinking about what, what you... Founded this church with, and I thought about the value of grace and freedom, you know, of liberty uh, that uh, that you just sewed into the culture. Uh, of this church, and so we um, we are doing our best to treasure that and to honour that uh, as we just continue on through the years, and so, yeah, we just pray God's blessing over your life and health and favour and and uh, for your future as a couple. We just want to so honour you as a couple and just, yeah, thank you so much. Um, yes. Yes, awesome. Do you want to say anything, honey? No, yeah. I just yeah. agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So good, yeah. So it's just exciting. Um, it's so exciting, and in this era that we're in as well, we just um, we need fathers as well, and ones that proclaim blessing, and we need great grandfathers and great grandfathers all of us do no matter what our age is, to really bless us and champion us and encourage us and i just want to just on that if you don't have a father or a grandfather or a mother or a grandmother in your world like just reach out and get yourself one get plugged into this church family because we want to we want to do our best to model what it means to be to come under into family and um, and 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 to flow together as family so that's what we're about Amen. he's preaching good already. Uh, so, I, um, like Lynn said, we are just uh, into this uh, really exciting uh, series of um, uh, just what it means to, to love others. We want to uh, put on a demonstration, and not just, uh, not just for the sake of it, but because Jesus is the love. He's, he is love. And, and the Father is love, like God is love. That's what the Bible says. And we wanna, um, we wanna take some of that We want to hold, have some of that and we want to distribute a lot of that uh, into our church, into our community, into the people uh, that are doing life with us. You know, from Monday to Friday, Jesus said, I've come to give life to the full. He didn't say, I've come to get religious or I've come to just like, you know, you just just obey me and just, he's like, no, actually, it's all about life. It's all about encountering life. And God doesn't want to ever give you something that is going to be a burden or a weight or a hinder you from you living your best life. How good is a God? You know, how good is a loving Father? And he, he is so good over you. And I don't know where you're at today in your connection with His heart, but He's just so for you. He so takes you as is, where it is today, and he's not looking at your past as a scorecard against you. He is looking at you now, going, "Man, I'm just so excited about you. You've got so much potential, and I created you for this moment." So, man, it's just this is what we're about as a church. And uh, last week, Jared brought a great word uh, around. Yes, he did, and he's agreeing with that right now. Uh, called, you know, love is brave. Love is brave, and because and it takes courage to love. And Jesus said these words He said, Man, if you love me, you obey my commands. And so it takes courage to actually swim against our culture, because our, our culture is trying to say, Hey, it's all about convenience. You know, like, let's just get more convenient. Let's just, like, let's just microwave everything and have instant everything. And so, it's, you know, convenience is one of the highest values that our culture has. But actually, God's calling us in this time to actually put on display a brave kind of love that actually swims against this culture of convenience. Because when we are engaged with a heart of love for others, it's actually not going to be easy. You've actually got to do something because love looks like something. Who knows? I don't know if anyone here ever has got romantic with anyone and you're like, hey, I want to marry that girl or I want to go on a date with that girl. You know, you've got to do something to put that love in motion, don't you? you have got to start moving you're going to start behaving differently because love has got a focus. Love has got a target and love has got a goal. And so our, love, our, our goal as a church is that we really want to see the ones on this on, that are around us actually receive the fullness of His love. Like We've got this radical hope that we will see 10,000 people in our region touch with the love of God, like receiving grace receiving truth. I read this really cool um, quote this week, and it said that, uh, that, lo- that grace without truth is mean. Grace without, sorry, grace without truth is meaningless. Grace without truth is meaningless. And truth without grace is mean. <laughs> but together, they're good medicine, So we're all about grace and truth, and God wants to bring grace and truth into our region. I know uh, when I was about 18 years old, I just had this amazing, uh, just, it was a great experience because someone came into my life. I I was at home, I was just feeling pretty, uh, like, alone and depressed in this space in my life. I'd moved down from Blenheim about three years earlier, and I was just, like, in that ugly teenage stage, and not that eighteen-year-olds are ugly, uh, but I'm just saying that I particularly was one of them. Uh, and 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 so anyway, I was just I was feeling real lost with life, eh? And this, um, my next-door neighbour came to um, across the fence, and she just said, just kind of said, "Hey, hey, I know there's this group uh, that meet during the week, and these guys just love Jesus. Do you want to go and be a part of that?" And I was just like, "Well." Okay, <laughs> I'll do that. And and that one, you know, that, that movement of that, that that person had into my world actually really impacted my life. And brought, it was just a conversation. Then around the same age, there's this guy that knew me from when I was back in Blenheim. And I hadn't seen him, heard from him for about three or four years. And he drives out one day just to my house in Rangiora here from Christchurch. And he picks me up. He takes me back into Christchurch. He gives me dinner and gives me this uh, Keith Green book called No Compromise. And he was like a hippie Jesus guy from the 70s. And I read that book and, and not on that night, but he, he, then he drove me back home and just demonstrated that I it. I was like, what did that guy do that? He did that because, you know, love has a target. He actually thought about me and he thought, actually, Glenn looks like he needs a friend. Or maybe he was praying and he just had an idea from God. You know, God actually has wired us to move towards people to bring life and love into People's world because love actually has a goal. It has a desire to reach in and make a difference no matter what their background, no matter uh, what their culture is, whatever their preferences, their worldview. It's because love upholds the value of every single life. Everyone in this room today is extremely valuable in God's eyes, and love ex- expresses itself through intentional movement. Jesus said, like, right at the end before He, he um, went, ascended back to heaven, He said to His disciples, go to, the work, to all the world. Go. Go. Who knows that that sounds like movement? It sounds like Whoa, I've got to go in another direction. I've got to, I can't just sit here. I can't just let life happen to me. I actually have to go out and make life happen. And Leonardo Davinsky, he says this, he says, It, it had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment really sit back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. <laughs> I don't know if you're here today, and you're just letting things happen to you, or life happen, uh, you know, to you. But, but God actually wants to take you and actually say, hey, it's time that you happened to life and started making life happen around you. You know, you were born to make life happen through you. And we love the New Testament book of Acts. This is like this book of Acts in the New Testament was written after Jesus. And this is just as the early church is cranking into gear. And these guys demonstrated how to go to the world To to live as Holy Spirit-filled believers, they were just like radical, and they lived in this Roman culture. It was oppressive, and they did crazy things to demonstrate the love of God, and they wouldn't deny the name of Jesus, and many actually just died for their faith. But it's interesting that in the book of Acts, the word love actually never appears. It's not even there. But this book is totally full of the acts of love. And so it's almost telling us that how, how, what we do is so much more important than what we say. And this book is putting love on Display bold witness and visible love is how the first century Christ followers demonstrated how to live out the world view of mission and of the church. It's not. It's it's meant to be an adventure, people. You're meant to be alive. How about you just turn to your neighbour and just say, "Hello." Are you still breathing? (laughs) I just want to jump into Acts ten. and we're just going to break open a story here of, of love moving. My message today is called Love Moves. And so Acts 10, it says here, In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius. The angel said, Could Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts go to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. I'm not sure what that accent was, but it it was just different. It was in context of the story. It was a bit of Arnie. A bit of Indian Arnie, a bit of West, yeah, a bit of South African, and I heard that too. <laughs> so I love the story, because who knows, that God's supernatural. Like, we're all designed to body, soul, and spirit, and there's a part of you that connects and comes alive in the spirit, and so there's this supernatural encounter here that, that Cornelius is having with an angel. He's like, hello, my name is Gabriel, check out my wings, and and and. and And God's setting up Cornelius for a greater encounter than he's ever had in his life by somebody with a message that he needed to hear. The angel was like, I like you, but you need some truth in your life. What you need is a person. This person is going to change your life, and his name is Simon Peter. And when the angel said this, he said, when Simon says, do this, things will go well for you. So the whole Simon Says movement actually came from the Bible. It's right in here, folks. May have ad that a little bit there, but yeah, it's pretty much how it is. Get this, though. This is amazing because... What this is telling us here in the the book of Acts, this is the inspired Word of God text that that Cornelius' connection with a man, with Simon Peter, was going to give him some kind of encounter with grace and truth that a real live, high definition angel speaking in a funny language could not give him. Like That's quite incredible right there, isn't it? Like the angel couldn't give Cornelius what Simon Peter could give him. The point here that's being made to us, I believe, is that the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus actually requires a messenger of it, requires a person to get involved with it. And so God's love, my first point, requires a delivery system, and that is people, our world and our community needs willing messengers. And it's so easy just to like, just forget that we have a message when we're going through life and everyone outside of this box just looks like they have it all together on the outside. They look like they've got great lives. They've got maybe awesome incomes. And, 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 and even in the story, it starts with like, you look at Cornelius' life and he's like, he's a good guy. He's a top bloke. He didn't gamble at Caesar's palace. He gave to the poor. He even even says that his whole family was God-fearing. Yeah, but I was like, what? How can he need a message? That's just weird. He's a good guy. I I thought good guys, you know, they never finish last. They're just awesome. But this is telling us that no matter what people look like or how good they are, we're not actually saved by good works. It's, that's great. It's nice, lovely, awesome. But this guy needed the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's awesome that we can see that God had already gone ahead of this guy. He'd already gone ahead of him. And he had prepared a way for God to encounter his life. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, that God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. God has prepared. So Simon Peter's like, wow, maybe there's some good works ahead for me today. What's what's going on? And then suddenly these two men arrive in his world that have been sent to Joppa uh, by Cornelius, and they take him back into Cornelius's house. And and so this is amazing. Things are like, there's momentum happening, but there's this problem because at that time, it was against the law for a Jewish man to enter into the house of a Gentile home. And so Simon Peter was a Jew. He was like, this is, he's in this kind of paradigm. He's like, You know, he's grown up with Jewish parents and just, you know, read the Jewish Bible and done all that stuff. And then we've got like uh, this Gentile, Cornelius over here, and he's a Roman. And he's got all this other baggage and stuff going on in his life. And the Jews were like, you know, no touchy. I can't go into your house because I don't want to become defiled. And so he's like, what do I do in this moment? But I love how God's at work in the story. Because in this story, as the angel was talking to Cornelius, the Bible tells us that God was also communicating with Simon Peter, you know, Simon says, while he was in prayer. And the message that he received, Simon Peter received while he was praying was that he should not think of anyone as impure or unclean and that he needed to get ready to move into their world. Isn't that awesome? It's a message of grace. And so Simon went to him, uh, and he entered Cornelius' home. Because Cornelius was, you know, his cultural background was kind of messed up. Uh, what happened was that he fell at Simon Peter's feet, and he worshipped him. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty weird. I'm glad you guys don't do that when I turn up to church, because I'd be like, it's Jesus. Yeah, I'm have <laughs> never thought of it. <laughs> Because and then Peter Simon pulled him up and he said, "Stand up, I'm a human being, just like you." Because why did Cornelius do that? Because many Greeks and Romans practiced polytheism, and that was the belief in or worship of more than one god. They just had a god for everything, just to keep themselves safe and covered. And so it was like, "Wow, this guy he must be he must be like God." If an angel appeared to him. So it's amazing though because God meets people in their confusion, doesn't he? He takes us as is whereas he doesn't discount their efforts no matter how misguided they may be and and when you think of his life he was doing all these good stuff and God's like, "Man, that's that's so good what you're doing." And he because God the Father doesn't actually summarize a person's value based on where they are in life. He looks at people through the lens of who they will become. It's like, man, I can see, like, you, when you're connected to me, the gifts to the poor, that's just going to explode. Your relationship with me is going to bring influence not only to your family, but to your community, and I can see your passion, and I can see your heart for the lost, and I want to take you as is, where is, because you were born to become someone more than you currently are. You know, for us to start thinking of, like, getting out of the box, and Moving towards people that look different, that think different, that uh, maybe look a bit scary. We actually have to start thinking differently about the people around us. That they actually, no matter how good things look on the outside, that anyone who doesn't actually have Jesus in their heart is actually in need of Him. In need of His love his grace, his truth, and his mercy. And just jump back into the story here. It says this, this was Peter's, uh, Simon Peter's response. He said, I, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And even as Simon Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on them all that were listening there. And the Jewish believers who came with him were amazed as the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. And I just want to tell you, man, the Holy Spirit doesn't discriminate. His grace doesn't discriminate. Discriminate. It, it says that he, it, the Holy Spirit fell on everyone who was listening. And, and so when love moves freely, we, we don't show any prejudice. When love is free to move, there's no, there's no hard feelings towards others. There's no unforgiveness. There's no bitterness. There's no walls. There's no, you know, we're not thinking about ourselves uh, and, and how we measure up. You know, we don't walk into a room like with a tape measure. You know how we do in life, and we go, how big am I compared with you? <laughs> you know, how big is, how successful am I? It's like, no, actually, love is created to actually look at that someone and say, hey, there's someone that needs to be blessed. I'm just called to to serve their life. And so it's amazing because Cornelius, he was one of the first Gentiles to be converted to Christianity because Simon Peter realized that grace does not discriminate, but that love serves everyone. You know, a love that moves is a love that serves. We're called to go and to move and to serve no matter what people look like, no matter where they're at in life. No matter how scary they might seem, we are called to go and share what love is. You know, the gospel is not something to sell. It's something to give. It's something to share. There's this amazing story of this guy called Andrew, and he's an evangelist in Bangladesh. And one day he stared into a gun as it was pointed at him. He was frozen to the spot, and he wondered why the man didn't fire. And the assassin grew frustrated and appeared frightened, and he suddenly ran off. A few hours later, while Andrew was just thanking God that he was still alive, his phone rang, and he found himself talking to the man who had come to kill him. He said, the leaders offered me a reward to kill you, I was ready to shoot, but I couldn't move my arm. I couldn't pull the trigger. And so Andrew's finding this kind of somewhat amusing. He says, well, what can I do for you now? And he said, I still can't move my arm. (laughs) And it's because of you. Can you help? And so right there on the phone, Andrew prayed, and instantly the man regained full use of his arm. So he was absolutely amazed like what had happened, and he ended up going to um, Andrew's office, and he began to ask questions about Jesus, and Andrew patiently explained the good news, and after about three quarters of an hour, this man actually received Jesus into his life. It's amazing, eh? So this former hit man, his ministry was promoting the works of the devil, but now he works full time as an evangelist <laughs> to destroy the works of the devil. It's so cool. You know, not every person that we're going to move towards is not necessarily going to have an angel that prepared the way for you. <laughs> like this hitman, I don't think he was set up by an angel. You never know, but I want to tell you that love walks through walls. Like when God is with you, expect the supernatural. Expect the opportunities, the God opportunities. You know, the devil wants to stop you in your tracks. He wants to distract you. He wants to prevent you from being a messenger of of hope. But it takes courage to go with the message of the gospel into those who even maybe you maybe feel like you've got a gun pointed at your face with the kind of confrontation that's going on, but those people need the love of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Thessalonians 2. He said, For we, we wanted to come to you, because Paul was always on a mission to go and do something radical for God. And he said, For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Satan blocked our way. Who says Satan? Satan is in the mix of this. Satan wants to stop you. He wants to prevent you from getting out of your box and getting out of yourself and into the lives of others. And it's amazing here, the Greek word that is used for blocked literally means cut a ditch or make a detour. Cut a ditch or make a detour. And when we're walking in the purposes God has for us, we're actually walking against the will and the purposes of the devil. Like we're, he is gonna oppose you and he wants to block your path. He wants, to cha- he wants to challenge your convictions. He wants to set a ditch up and turn it into a rut for your life and take you off in a whole nother direction. And God just wants, he's like, hey, there's someone who doesn't want you to move in love. And for us to move in love, we need to recognize what shuts love. Down and so I just want to ask you now, like, what is your imaginary wall that maybe is in front of you to stop you moving in love or moving towards God? Is it an imaginary wall of fear? Is it a wall of rejection? Is it a fear of failure? Like, what am I gonna like? What am I gonna look like if I do something good for someone else? Maybe you're here today and you feel like I'm just not ready. I need to have my life. Together, I I need to become like superhero ready and I need to have my undies on the outside and a cape and it's gotta look awesome. I've gotta look like the man or the woman before I can actually be used by God. I just wanna tell you, remind you that you'll never be ready. You'll never feel ready, sorry. You'll never feel ready. Now is the time, now is the day. Today is the day to actually go in faith and walk through those walls that are around your life. We're just going to bring this into land. See, Simon Peter, he had this imaginary wall that, that was racial prejudice, wasn't it? It was like, I can't go. It's against the law. It's like, I, I, you know, no touchy. I don't want to get into your world. But this, was, this is what happened. He was praying. Simon Peter was praying. And it was because he was in prayer that he caught God's generous perspective of his heart of grace towards the Gentiles. See, through prayer, Simon Peter saw something that he would have never seen had he not been praying. He saw something because he was connected to someone with a far greater perspective than he had on his own. I want to tell you, not, not to condemn you, but if you're doing life, just making your own story up, you're living a life that is far less than what God has planned for you. He doesn't want you to go through your life and let your story just be by yourself, making it up on the way and surviving. He wants to come into your life. He wants to do life with you. He wants to bless you. He wants to be with you and he wants to shape you into everything that he sees on your life. And if you've got dreams here today, just feel to say that those dreams and appointments that you had maybe as a teenager when you were like young you know like they are not lost they're not lost in His grace, they're not lost in His life and it's been said that the two most important requirements for major successes are first being in the right place at the right time and second is doing something about it what are you going to do? you know now is the time. Now is the day of salvation and He wants you to know that He's with you. He's prepared good works in advance for you to do. And God wants to show you His perspective of your tomorrow, of next week, of the weeks after. He is with you. He's preparing a great life for you. I love this story because it's a time of firsts. It's the first time that the gospel of Jesus went beyond the Jews into other people that didn't look like them. And I believe as a church that this is a time of first for us. It's a time for us to start stepping through those imaginary walls, to break down those walls of fear and to move, to move out with love. As I was praying, This week about this message, I just kind of I just couldn't help but keep thinking like who like the first school teacher that that we that somebody in this church just goes and shares love with? Who's gonna be the first school teacher? Who's gonna be the first business person that somebody stands with and encourages and prays and and actually does a bit of their life with and gets in their world with? Who's gonna be the first? High school student, you know, that because one of our young people just got like, man, I just want to get in your world. I see that you're sitting out and, you know, you're isolated, but I want to be the first to be by your side. God is calling us to do something new. And it may be small for you, but it's going to be radical for that other person. How about we just stand to our feet? thank you holy spirit let me just pray holy spirit i just thank you that you don't discriminate against anyone in this room and i just pray for every life right now god whether they feel we feel like you're in a box whether you feel like you're in a mundane same stuff different day kind of scenario you know i just pray right now that you would just breathe on these people on these precious people in this room this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Give us courage to go and be the light. Maybe you're here today, and you've heard me talk a lot about Jesus and this relationship, connection that you can have with Him. And maybe you're here today, and you're like, man, I want to actually experience that kind of connection. And that starts with a step of faith. It starts with a step of honesty, actually saying, man, I just need any God in my life. And I want to give an opportunity for you to respond in a few moments to his amazing grace, his incredible truth for your life. Because he wants to set you free. He, he's all about freedom. So just with every eye closed and head bowed, just let's just take a moment. If you're here today. And you can just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Maybe your heart's pounding. and You're just like, man, I just actually just don't know. I just don't know if I have that connection with Jesus. If I died tonight, I just don't have an assurance of my salvation. And I want to make a step of faith. If that's you here this morning, I just wonder if you just slip your hand up just as an expression of this faith step that you're making, just with every eye closed and head bowed. If you're like, maybe you've been in connection with Jesus before in your life, and you're like, I've just drifted away. Man, He's the God of second chances. Just right now, if you want to just lift your hand and say, yeah, Glenn, that's me. I actually, I've just not been walking with God. So good. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Just in this moment, with every eye closed, head bowed. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to just say a prayer together, and I'll just say a line. And I just want to encourage you as you lift your hand just to make this prayer your own. Dear Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you take me as is, where is. I receive your grace, your forgiveness, your perspective of how you see me. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. And Jesus, I want to follow you from this moment on.